Well, good morning, everyone. It is a blessing for us to be gathered together as we worship the Lord this morning. Whether you're here in person or you're watching online, let me just say thank you for worshiping with us this morning. My name is David Duran, and I am the church planting resident here at DOXA. Uh, This time next year, Lord willing, uh, myself, my wife, our children, and our team will be on the ground in Plymouth, Massachusetts, uh, sharing the gospel, making disciples, and by God's grace, establishing a church in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Uh, Just in case that you didn't know, Doxa Church is a church that believes in church planting. We ourselves were a church plant eight years ago. In our church body, all of you who are members here, I don't, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you support church planners financially. Both domestically and internationally, your giving supports church planning. This church also believes in training church planners. My family and I, obviously, we are grateful for this church's commitment in that. But there are others. There's quite a number of others that, um, and by others I mean church planters and pastors who call our lead pastor, sometimes it seems like weekly, asking for guidance and wisdom in the ministry. It's not just me and, and my family that's being coached here and trained by this congregation and our leadership There's others. And I mentioned that to you this morning because it's just a blessing to be part of a church that cares about the gospel of Jesus Christ being lived and proclaimed in churches besides our own. It's just a, it's a sign of a kingdom mindset. And I am very proud to be a part of that. And you all should be as well. It's a blessing to be a part of that here at Doxa Church. Well, this morning we're continuing in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, and this week we are looking at patience. Uh, But before we do that, I'm going to pray for us, and in, in your own way, I hope that you will pray with me. As I pray. So I'm gonna, it's gonna take a couple of minutes as I pray, but just pray with me, focus on the Lord, and let's let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning as desperate and hungry people. We recognize that on our own merit, we have no right to approach you. You are perfect. You are sinless. You are holy. Your ways and your thoughts, God, they are so different than ours. Your way of doing things and your Your plans often seem strange to us. And while we may not fully comprehend all aspects of your nature and aspects of your character, God, there are some things that we do know for certain. You are a merciful God, and we are undeserving of your mercy. You are a loving God, and we are undeserving of your love. You're patient with us, and we have done nothing to deserve your patience. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would fill all of us with an overwhelming sense of gratitude towards you. We deserve none of your gifts. We deserve none of your blessings. Yet you freely 
give them to us. You did not spare your own son in sending him to pay the penalty for our sin. God, we praise you for that. How would you not also graciously give us all things? You've given us all that we need to live a godly and fulfilled life in you. We thank you for that, Lord. Father, we pray that you would help us to enjoy you. Help us to delight, to find joy in the good news of the gospel. We're desperate for you to help us, God, to help us live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, Father, whatever anyone is experiencing in their life today, whether they've had an amazing week or one filled with difficulty, we pray that true contentment will be found in you, in your unchanging nature. Lord, on a day like today, we wanna to thank you that we are able, we're able to freely worship here without fear of arrest, without fear or of, of death. Now we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are facing persecution. They are facing death because they belong to you. As we celebrate the many freedoms that we have in this country, God, I pray that we would recognize that the greatest hindrance to personal freedom isn't political ideology or a system of government, but it's the shackles of sin. We are slaves of sin until you set us free. And Father, we thank you that in Christ, we have been set free from the tyranny of sin. We pray that you would remind us that freedom can only be found in knowing you. Lord, I wanna pray specifically for the people in our gathering this morning who are experiencing physical pain. God, we know that you can heal them. We know that in an instant, you can heal their body. So we ask in Jesus' name that you would do that. We ask that you would heal people for your glory. From little babies to the oldest among us, we pray for your healing, God. But above all, Father, we trust you. So in your wisdom, if you withhold healing, we trust you. You know what's best for us. And God, I pray that our, our bodily pain will cause us to long all the more for the glorified bodies that we will one day receive. Father, we pray for those who are here today who are longing for more in this life. They're just struggling to find peace and contentment and joy. We ask that they would see that those things can only be found in you. And I pray that in our, our community here, in our life together, that we would demonstrate that you are our true treasure. No earthly success or wealth or material possessions or any, anything else will ever do. God, you are our greatest treasure. And Father, I now, I wanna ask for your help as I speak this morning. God, may my words be from you. God, I pray that I would shrink back and you would be on display. God, I pray that you would help everyone here to listen with a holy expectation for what you might speak by your spirit. God, help us to actively listen to you. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Those aren't words from a proverb from King Solomon. Those aren't words from a psalm written by King David. Jesus didn't utter those words when he was speaking with his disciples. No, this phrase, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet, is typically attributed to the famous philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau. The value of patience is not something that's unique to the Christian worldview. 
A quick internet search reveals a number of different perspectives and angles on having a a patient demeanor. But what is it that makes the value of Christian patience unique? Do we need the Bible to to teach us and help us understand why we should value patience? Or can we just listen to the inside of philosophers and famous gurus? Today, as I mentioned, and as I'm sure you know by now, we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit as Paul lays out for us in Galatians 5. We've talked about love and joy and peace. Last week, you heard a message about what it actually means to live in the Spirit. And this morning, we shift our focus to patience. And just so we're, we're all on the same page here, this is what I mean when I use the word patient. And that word can also be translated as uh, long-suffering. But when, I, when we, I use the word patient, what I mean is to be patient is to be able to endure struggles or trials without complaint. It's to stand steadfast, to stand resolute despite opposition and adversity. It's to be able to humbly accept and work through the, the hindrances that come our way in life. And when we think about the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to continue to put this in front of you as we work through this series, it's critical for all of us to hear that we don't just need to go home and, and do better in a particular area. It's not what we're talking about. We don't want you to hear a sermon and your big takeaway to be, well, I just need to be more loving, or I need to really go home and work on my patience. Those things might be true. But our hope in this series is that you will see that the power to live the way that Paul instructs us here and the power to live the way that Jesus commands us, it comes from the Holy Spirit. We should understand the qualities here that make up the fruit of the Spirit. These things are concrete manifestations of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. The characteristics that Paul lays out in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, these are the natural product of a life that is controlled by the Spirit. So some of you know this about me, and you might even hear an amen from my wife when I say this, but I am not very skilled when it comes to fixing things around the house. I didn't hear an amen, so that's good. Maybe I'm better than I thought. I feel like some guys and and some girls are just naturally gifted in that stuff, but my ability to to fix things, it maxes out at me being able to change a light bulb. And if it's one of the fluorescent light bulbs, I need help. I can't do those. My skills in maintaining my lawn consist of me being able to mow it. I don't know anything about fertilizer. I don't know anything about killing weeds or anything like that. Uh, My goal is just that I don't get a fine from the HOA every month. That's what I'm after with my my lawn maintenance. I'll just say there is plenty of room for me to grow in these areas. The natural outpouring of my ability is a house where things don't work and a yard that needs some help. Now for all of us who have the Holy Spirit living in us, the natural outpouring of our lives is the fruit of the Spirit that Paul lays out for us. This doesn't mean that we don't ever struggle. It doesn't mean that we we never lack the fruit of the Spirit sometimes. But our lives as individuals and as a church should be marked by love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the kind of conduct, hear this church, that's the kind of conduct that naturally comes from communion with the living God. So let me set the trajectory kind of where we're going this morning. What I wanna do is first provide the Christian foundation for where we can find the source for patience. We know that patience or or long-suffering, it has to be lived out through the power of the Holy Spirit. We know that, we've stressed that. So in some sense, that is the answer to the question of where we find our source for patience. But what I wanna do is give you two other things to fix your gaze on as we think about patience being produced in us by the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's where we'll be first. And then I wanna transition and sort of give you some categories to think about when it comes to what does patient, patience look like in particular areas of the Christian life. Paul's telling the Galatians here not just to think about or debate the characteristic of, of patience and the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to see these qualities produced in their life. He wants to see patience produced in these people. So Lord willing, we're going to see some areas where patience can be cultivated in our lives. But first, let's construct those footholds for us and pray that the Holy Spirit will use these to produce patience. So friends, first, if we want patience to be a characteristic of our lives, individually and as a church, we must look to God's character. If we want patience to be a characteristic of our lives individually and together, we must look to God's character. The loving patience of God himself provides the basis for our patience. If you have your Bibles open, flip over really quick to Exodus 34. Back in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus 34. Flip there really quick. If you don't have a Bible with you or you can't turn it on real quick, just listen because I'm going I'm to read it for us. But in this chapter, we get sort of a strange depiction of God's character. But this has very special significance for what we're talking about this morning. So this is the passage where God passes before Moses and God, he proclaims his name to Moses. Listen or, or look at verses five and six of Exodus 34. It says, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him, that's Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This this is the living God declaring his character, declaring his name to Moses. And the phrase there that's translated slow to anger, it's a, a Hebrew expression that literally means long of nose. And that phrase, long of nose, that was used to describe someone who was very patient, who was slow to anger. In fact, and I I thought this was so cool. I don't mean to nerd nerd out on you, but I thought this was really cool. The Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, it uses the exact same word here that Paul uses for for patience in Galatians 5.22. Exact same word. So in in describing himself, God is declaring that patience is an essential aspect of his moral character. But you you don't need to dig into the original languages to see this. The patience of God is on display all throughout 
the Old Testament over and over and over again. When God's people rebel, very rarely does he immediately punish them. Very rarely does he immediately judge them for their sin. In my, my Bible reading plan, I just finished reading through First and Second Kings pretty recently. And it is, it's stunning to me how God continues to put up with wicked leaders and sinful people. He gives them chance after chance to repent and turn to him. Now, eventually the northern kingdom of Israel, it is overtaken by the Assyrians and the, the southern kingdom is exiled by the Babylonians. But that was after so much time had gone by. Friends, God is slow to anger. He's, he's long of nose. He's patient with all of us. Brothers and sisters, aren't you grateful that God is patient towards us? He's patient with us as we struggle. He doesn't give up on us when we fail. Church, God's patience with us provides us with the basis for our patience towards others. I'm gonna say that again. God's patience with us provides us with the basis for our patience towards others. When we begin to reflect on God's patience towards us, when we think about this, when we, we turn this over in our minds that God is so patient to us, when we do this, we're tilling the soil so that the seed of patience can begin to take root in our hearts. Patience is an essential aspect of God's character. And we see the patient character of God on display for all to see when we look at the life of Christ. That's the second foothold for us that I, I pray that the Holy Spirit will use to produce patience. First, we look to God's character. And second, we look at Christ's life. Jesus was the most patient man that ever lived. And really, if you think about it, he had every reason to be impatient. His public ministry didn't start until he was around 30 years old. And once his ministry did begin, these, these 12 guys who were the closest to him, they followed him around everywhere he went. They, they asked him all these questions. They were absolutely clueless at times. He had people constantly trying to, to get close to him and, and take up his time. Jesus, he was always busy, but he was never in a hurry. Jesus was always busy, but he was never in a hurry. In our fast-paced, always having to be getting something done world, we need to take a lesson from our Lord in this. He always had somewhere to be. There was always someone to heal. There was always a sermon to preach. But Jesus was never in a rush. He took time to play with children, to talk with a woman who had been ostracized from her community. He took time to touch and heal people who were plagued by leprosy and demonic possession and disease. Jesus endured interruptions to his day every day. Now, I don't know this for certain, but I would be willing to bet that many of Jesus's miracles and, and greatest, if you will, ministry moments happened during interruptions. I don't know that for sure, but I'd be, I'd be willing to, to bet on that. His patient demeanor allowed for opportunities to glorify God. Jesus' greatest display of patience without question was when he endured the cross. As Jesus is being 
mocked and beaten and spit at. He doesn't fight back. It's always struck me. He doesn't fight back. How did he do that? He doesn't call down a legion of angels to annihilate his accusers. He patiently endures. Hebrews 12, 2 says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Church, part of the reason, part of the reason that Jesus endured the cross was for us. If we want patience to naturally exude from us, let's look at Jesus's life. I want you all to know that I I say all of this to you this morning as someone who really struggles with patience. I'm not claiming by any means to have this, this all figured out. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit used something that really brought a level of conviction to my life. Um, I was with my, my two daughters and my wife, and we just wanted to have a nice afternoon at the beach. And that's almost impossible when you have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, but that was our goal. Let's just have a nice, relaxing afternoon at the beach. And our strategy, and it, this seemed like such a great plan, is we're going to go and we're going to get our kids ice cream. So that way they'll behave and they'll be happy with us. And then maybe they'll be good for 30 minutes or so at the beach. So that's the plan. So we set out to get ice cream and we swing into McDonald's. Let's just get it real quick. Let's get to the beach. And of course, the ice cream machine is broken. It's been down for weeks. I've gone multiple times. It's still down, but ice cream machine's broken. Okay, no problem. Baskin Robbins is right across the street. Let's just swing over there, get the ice cream. Everything, everything's good. Now my kids, they only like vanilla ice cream. Would you believe it? We get to Baskin-Robbins, we're out of vanilla. So now I'm starting to get a little bit impatient. The kids are, are fussing. Things aren't going like I've planned. I'm a planner. This isn't working. So we go to another place. Wait about 10 minutes in the drive-thru, and finally I say, I'm just going to go in. Just go in and get the ice cream. And uh, as I'm going in, the door's locked. You can't go in, so your only option is to wait in the drive-thru. And as I'm walking out, this older man, he walks up to me and he says, sir, do you have any idea where such and such a restaurant is? I can't remember what it was. I wasn't really listening to him. He says, do you have any idea where this restaurant is? And I, I said something like, I have no idea. And I, I walked off. I was short. I was a bit rude to him and nothing about my conduct from the from the McDonald's ice cream machine being broken to my interaction with this, this gentleman, nothing about my conduct said that I was a patient man possessed by the Holy Spirit. I get back to the car and explain to my wife what the guy wanted, and we continue our search for ice cream. We did eventually find ice cream. I think it was, I think it was six stores that it took, but we finally, we finally found ice cream. But after we left that place, two minutes down the road, my four-year-old from the back seat, she says, Daddy, why didn't you help that man? Why didn't you help that man? Arrow, right to the heart. The reason I didn't take two minutes and pull up my phone and look up the restaurant for this, this guy and his wife who was waiting in the car 
is because too often I am impatient. Too often I am in a rush for absolutely no reason. I'm in tremendous need of the Holy Spirit's help. We know that the Holy Spirit, he has to be the one to produce patience in us. But church, I hope that you will, you will join me in looking to the character of God and looking at the life of Christ so that we all can grow together in this. We can't just look inside and, and muster up patience in our own strength. Patience requires a moment by moment trusting in God. I'm gonna say that again. Patience requires a moment by moment trusting in God. And that's almost a one sentence summary of this entire sermon. Well, I mentioned earlier that there are countless ways where we could look for where patience is required in our lives. Really, it's required in every aspect of everything that we do. I don't, I don't think there's one area where we could say, nope, patience isn't required in this area. At least I can't think of one. And that's probably why it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It applies everywhere. But I, what I'm going to do now, and I'm going to roll through these things fairly quickly, um, but I want us to be thinking about specific areas where we can ask and where we can pray for the Holy Spirit's help. And really more than anything, church, what I want to do, I just want to encourage you. I want all of us to look to God's character, look to Christ's life, trust that the Holy Spirit will produce patience in us. And I just want to give you some categories to think about as we do this. So let's, let's look at a few areas where we live out patience in the Christian life. So perhaps the most common area where patience is lived out is in the mundane of everyday life. It's in the long lines at the grocery store. It's in the, the traffic that we find ourselves in. It's with our friends. It's with our children. It's when our neighbor or our coworker wants to stop and talk and we feel like we've got somewhere to be. It's when our, our fellow church member stops us after church and wants us to pray with them or has something pressing on their heart that they just need to share. We may be busy or so we think, but that's a time for us to practice patience. I'm becoming more and more convicted of the importance of the ministry of listening. Sometimes we Christians just need to close our mouths and open up our ears it's a lack of humility, but also a lack of patience that keeps us from listening to other people. And my prayer is that for us as a church, people will be able to tangibly see how patient we are with one another and with, with outsiders. I think one of the biggest areas for this, for patience, for practicing patience, just in the ordinary everyday life. Next, how about patience and suffering? Patience and suffering. A couple months ago, I led a devotional over Zoom for a group of pastors uh, laboring in one of the most difficult areas of the world. They're experiencing intense suffering. This is the verse that I shared with them, James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. It's impossible for us to remain steadfast. It's impossible for us to remain faithful 
without patience. Part of the scripture that we read earlier from Psalm 27, it said, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. It seems that King David, he wrote that psalm when his enemies were after him. He'd been shut out of the house of the Lord. He was experiencing suffering. And he tells, or he writes, wait for the Lord. Be strong, let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I know, I'm certain that we have people in this room this morning who are experiencing suffering. You may be suffering from from physical pain. You've prayed for healing and God has not answered your prayer. Maybe Maybe you're suffering because you've lost someone recently who is close to you. Maybe you have holy desires, good desires for godly things that God has not fulfilled. Could be that you want a spouse or you want children and God has not yet given those things to you. Friend, if that's you, Let God's word comfort you. Let your heart take courage this morning as you wait for the Lord. Be patient. Trust in what the Lord has for you. It may may not be what you expect. It likely won't be what you expect, but it's for your good and it's for God's glory. Be patient and let us wait for the Lord in our suffering. What about patience in our prayer life? Some of us have things that we have been asking of the Lord for decades. Some of us have prayers that weren't answered in the way that we've hoped and we've grown impatient, maybe a little bit bitter towards God. You know, one of the things that we want to define our church here is our commitment and our devotion to prayer. We want to be a people of prayer. And if we're not patient with the Lord and and patient with the way that he responds to our prayers, we're going to give up in this before we ever really begin. Men and women of the past whose lives were committed to prayer, they waited for the Lord with expectation, trusting that God is going to answer in one way or the other. Doxa Church, may it be true of us that we are people who wait for the Lord in our prayers. We're patient in prayer. Next, what about patience in discipleship? Patience in discipleship, both in our individual growth as disciples and with those who we are discipling. I hope that everyone here who loves Christ and has, has I hope that everyone here who loves Christ has some level of desire to make disciples for the glory of God. If we're gonna be disciple-making people, we have to be patient with others the same way that God has been patient towards us. I'm even thinking now about the men who have discipled me in my past, how patient and kind they were with me over and over and over again. Disciple-making takes time. It's messy. It's incredibly discouraging at times. But it's so rewarding when we engage in disciple-making because we're fulfilling a command that Christ has given us. Let's pray that God would help us to be patient as we disciple others. We'll give up without a... We, we will. Hear me. We will give up without a supernatural level of patience towards those we're helping to follow Jesus. All of us will. Lastly, brothers and sisters, let's be patient as we wait to be with Christ. Patience as we wait to be with Christ. 
We've all heard it said that life is short. That's definitely true. Our lives are very much a mist. Scripture says that in multiple places. We're here one minute and we're gone the next. But at the same time, life can feel like it's dragging along sometimes, especially when we're suffering, especially when we're facing difficulties, which for honest is all the time. There's always some level of difficulty that we're facing. One day, all of us who know Jesus, all of us who have trusted in him as our Lord, we will be with him. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more wrestling with sin in our lives. No wonder Paul said that death was gain. You know, our time on this earth, it is nothing when compared to eternity. It's really not, it's nothing. But until then, until we finish up our time on this earth as sojourners in exiles, until and, and Christ calls us home, or until Christ returns, we wait patiently. We wait patiently, knowing that God has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our future inheritance. Friends, the reason that Christian patience is unique is because of its source. We don't look deeper within ourselves in order to be more patient with other people. We don't become more patient, patient simply by trying harder. Patience is produced in the life of a Christian because God is the source. Christ is the example. The Holy Spirit is our guide producing that patience in us. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, I'm sure you can see the value of being someone who's patient. I'm sure you can see that. But my hope for you today isn't that you see patience as a value that you need. It's so much more than that. My hope is that you see Christ as the Savior that you need. My prayer for you is that you will come to know Jesus as your Savior and your King, if you don't already know him. It will change your life. It will change your eternity Apart from Christ, we are dead in our sin. Apart from Christ, we are destined for hell. But through Christ, we receive eternal life that changes our now and it changes our forever. I want you to know, I want you to know more about, I want you to know more about this Jesus. I desperately do. That's been my prayer. And if you're here and you want to know more about this Jesus who we Christians sing about and talk about, and praise every single day. Um, please hang around and let's talk for a minute after the service. I'll, I'll be up here at the front. There's a prayer area in the back that you can make your way to. There will be someone there who would love to pray with you, talk with you about what it means to be a Christian. Please don't leave here. If, if something is stirring within you and you're curious about what this all means, hang around for a few minutes afterwards. Let's talk. Now, for those of us who are professing Christians, we have the privilege of being able to take communion together this morning. And when we take this meal, friends, we're remembering all that Jesus has done for us. We're acknowledging all that he's doing in our hearts now. We're recognizing that, that we're being nourished spiritually when we take communion together. We remember that Jesus is one day coming back for us. 
It's amazing that we get to do this every week. This really is a privilege to be able to do this together. So communion, it'll be served at four stations across the sanctuary here. There'll be two here at the front and two at the back. And uh, as you feel led, if you are a professing follower of Jesus Christ, I invite you to come and receive communion. Even if doxa is not your church home, communion is open to you. I'm gonna pray and the worship band is gonna make their way forward. And uh, then we're gonna take communion and continue in our worship of the Lord together. Let's pray, church. Father, my prayer is that we will not leave here with the temptation to, in our own strength, just try to be more patient people. God, my prayer is that as we leave here thinking about your patient character, thinking about patience in the life of Christ, thinking about our need for the Holy Spirit to produce patience in us, God, I pray that it would lead to worship. Worship on behalf of your people. God, we do pray for your help in that, in patience, in, in, in producing that aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. But we ask this not so that people can look at us and pat us on the back and give us praise, but so that they can glorify you. And when they ask, gosh, you're, you guys are so patient with one another. You're patient with that difficult coworker. You're patient with that friend who is always bugging you. We can say, yeah, and the reason for that is because God is producing patience in me. I, if, it, if it was up to me, I would be the most impatient person you've ever known. God, I pray that, that our patience would lead to your glory. God, as we take communion, nourish us spiritually, Father. Nourish our hearts. Set our affections afresh on you. God, I pray in all things that we as individuals and as a church body would bring you honor and glory. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.